Welcome, dear friends, to Tellings of the Wheel. Today we will be telling the story of Mount Ephraim, as told by Moraine Sedai. To the south lies the river you call the White River, but far to the east men call it still by its rightful name, the Mount Ephraim In the old tongue, waters of the mountain home, sparkling waters that once coursed through the land of bravery and beauty. Two thousand years ago, Mount Ephraim flowed by the walls of the mountain city, so lovely to behold that Ogia stonesmen came to stare in wonder. Farms and villages covered this region, and what you call the forest of shadows, as well as beyond. But of all those folk, of themselves as people of mountain home, the people of Mount Ephraim. Their king was Amon Alkar Alforin, Amon son of Carson Forin, and Eldrain Al Elen Al Karen was his queen. Amon, a man so fearless that the greatest compliment for courage any could give, any even among his enemies, was to say a man had Amon's heart. Eldraine was so beautiful it was said flowers bloomed to make her smile. Bravery and beauty and wisdom and a love that could not sunder. Weep if you have a heart for the loss of them, for the loss of even their memory. Weep for the loss of their blood. For nearly two centuries the Trollocs' wars have ravaged the length and breadth of the world, and whenever battles raged, the Red Eagle banner of Mount Ephraim was in the forefront. The men of Mount Ephraim were a thorn to the Dark One's foot and a bramble to his hand. Sing of Mount Ephraim, that would never bend knee to the shadow. Sing of Mount Ephraim, the sword that could not be broken. They were far away, the men of Mount Ephraim, on the field of Bekar, called the Field of Blood, when news came that a Trolloc army was moving against their home. Too far to do else but wait and hear of their land's death, the forces of the Dark One meant to make an end of them. Kill the mighty oak by hacking away its roots. Too far to do else but more. But they were men of the mountain home. Without hesitation, without thought for the distance they must travel, they marched from the very field of victory, still covered in dust, sweat and blood. Day and night they marched, for had they seen the horror of a Trolloc army left behind it, and no man of them could sleep while such a danger threatened Mount Ephraim. They moved as their feet had wings, marching further and faster than friends hoped or enemies feared they could. At any other day, that march alone would have inspired songs. When the Dark One's army swooped upon the lands of Mount Ephraim, the men of the mountain home stood before it, with their backs to the Tyrandale. The host that faced the men of Mount Ephraim was enough to daunt the bravest heart. Ravens blackened the sky, Trollocs blackened the land. Trollocs and their human allies, Trollocs and dark friends in tens and tens of thousands and dreadlords to command. At night their cook fires outnumbered the stars, and dawn revealed the banner of Beelzeman at their head. Beelzeman, 
Heart of the Dark, an ancient name for the father of liars. The Dark One could not have been freed from his prison at Shargul, for if he had been, not all of the forces of humankind together could have stood against him. But there was a power there. Dreadlords and some evil that made the light-destroying banner seem no more than right and sent a chill into the souls of the men who faced it. Yet they knew what they must do. Their homeland lay just across the river. They must keep that host and the power with it. From the mountain home. Eamon had sent out messengers. Aid was promised if they could hold but for three days at the Tarandale. Hold for three days against odds that should overwhelm them in the first hour. Yet somehow, through bloody assault and desperate defence, they held for an hour, and the second hour, and the third. For three days they fought, and though the land became a butcher's yard, no crossing of the Tarandal did they yield. By the third night no help had come, and no messengers. They fought alone. For six days, for nine, and on the tenth day, Eamon knew the bitter taste of betrayal. No help was coming, and they could hold the river crossing no more. Eamon crossed the Tarandale, destroying bridges behind him, and he sent the word through his land for the people to flee. For he knew that the powers with the Trolloc horde would find a way to bring it across the river. Even as the word went out, the Trollocs crossing began and the soldiers of Mount Ephraim took up the fight again, to buy with their lives what hours they could for their people to escape. From the city of Mount Ephraim, Eldraine organised the flight of her people into the deepest forests and the fastness of the mountains. But some did not flee, first in a trickle, then a river, then a flood. Men went, not to safety, but to join the army fighting for their land. Shepherds with bows and farmers with pitchforks and woodsmen with axes. Women went too, shouldering what weapons they could find and marching side by side with their men. No one made that journey who did not know they would never return, but it was their land. It had been their father's and it would be their children's and they would pay the price for it. Not a step of ground was given up until it was soaked in blood but at last the army of the Mount Ephraim was driven back, back to here, to this place you now call Emmons Field. And here the Trolloc hordes surrounded them. Trollocs, dead, and the corpses of human renegades piled up in mounds. But always more scrambled over those carnal heaps in waves of death that had no end. There could be but one finish. No man or woman who had stood beneath the banner of the Red Eagle on that day's dawning still lived when night fell. The sword that could not be broken was shattered. In the mountains of mist, alone in the emptied city of Mount Ephraim, Eldraine felt Aemon die and her heart died with him. And where her heart had been was left only the first for vengeance. Vengeance for her love, vengeance for her people and her land. Driven by grief, she reached out to the true source and hurled the one power of the Trolloc army. And there the dread lords died wherever they stood. 
whether in their secret councils or exonerating their soldiers. In the passing of breath, the dreadlords and the generals of the Dark One's host burst into flame. Fires consumed their bodies and terrors consumed their just victorious army. Now they ran like beasts before a wildfire in the forest, with no thought for anything but escape. North and south they fled. Thousands drowned the Trempton to cross the Tarandau without the aid of the dreadlords. And the Mount Effendral they tore down the bridges in their fright at what might be following them. Where they found people, they slew and burned, but to flee was the need that gripped them, until at last none of them remained in the lands of Mount Ephraim. They were dispersed like dust before the whirlwind. The final vengeance came more slowly, but it came, and they were hunted down by other peoples, by other armies in other lands. None were left of those who did murder at Amon's Field. But the price was high for Mount Ephraim. Eldraine had drawn herself more of the one power than any human could ever hope to wield unaided. As the enemy's generals died, so did she. As the fires had consumed her, consumed the empty city of Mount Ephraim, even the stones of it, down to the living rock of the mountains, yet the people had been saved. Nothing was left of their farms, their villages, or their great city. Some would say there was nothing left of them, nothing but to flee to other lands where they could begin anew. But they did not say so. They had paid such a price in blood and hope, for their land has never been prayed before. And now they were bound to that soil by ties stronger than steel. Other wards would wreck them in years to come, until at last their corner of the world was forgotten. And at last they had forgotten wars and the ways of war. Never again did Mount Ephraim rise. Its soaring spires and splashing fountains became as a dream that slowly faded from the minds of its people. But they and their children and their children's children held that land that was theirs. They held it when the long centuries had washed the why of it from their memories. They held it until today there is you. Weep! For Mount Ephraim, weep for what is lost forever. And that was the story of Mount Ephraim, as told by Moraine Sedai. Eye of the World, Chapter 9.